When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with him, Ian Morris. And him, Nate Langson. We had a lovely little chat. That was quite fun. We didn't script that. That just came out. No. Like an unplanned... We haven't scripted anything. Yeah, well, we, yeah, it's a bit of a different show today because, as was the case last week, there have been few things that we've found compelling in the news other than, well, let's just say the, the swear words, Musk and crypto. And <laughs> we have no interest in talking about either of those two things. And that sort of left the smorgasbord of news something like the leftovers of a teenager's party it's like just a couple of bits of crisps left over uh, and a lot of sick um, and we don't want to talk about any of those so instead we've got a variety of uh, of topics that we've found interesting and we're going to rattle our way through them this week um, but i've got a couple of things i wanted to mention because before we started recording the show properly i mentioned to ian that i discovered uh, a new hole um, in the back of my television, it's an optical digital uh, port. And the reason I found that hole was because I was having to rebuild my um, hi-fi setup. Because last night, out of nowhere, I was about to watch Arrival, uh, the film, and uh, my amp, okay. my, my Yamaha amp, just decided, hey, you know how I've worked for three years and it's always been fine, not a problem at all? Well, hey, here's something new. I've decided to stop working. And... Oh for no discernible reason other than a very slight blinking light on the power button when you pressed it um it just just nothing just just dead completely dead and i had to figure out how the hell you even find out what the problem is with an amp let alone uh, uh. fix the problem and and quite a bit of googling uh, into the night i managed Blown to find internal fuse well, one of the things was a, a faulty power supply, and I could come up with an explanation of how a power supply may get damaged. However, nothing had changed in that entire right. setup for certainly for several weeks. But really, Bruce it, hadn't been uh, behind there giving it the old wee wees. Absolutely not. No, no, no. He he exclusively urinates uh, on the side of the house. Um, he, he's very <laughs> he's very good about not doing it inside. Okay, that's good. Um, but long story short, I figured out how to enter the, this diagnostic mode on a on a hi-fi. Uh, oh, in wow. this, like someone had asked the question about a different model, and they'd said, oh, if you hold this button and this button uh, and then press this button, it works. Oh, it, it, it turns into diagnostic mode. Um, but I didn't have one of those two, uh, one of the three buttons. But I did have uh, base, uh, I think it was base up, uh, input mode down and power or something really weird like that. Um, and then it entered this like diagnostic mode and it just had the word okay on the screen and i was like huh that seems like okay is something uh, you'd want to see that's a yeah. better that's a better set of letters to see turned it off and then it came back on again and it looks like all it is is that it gone to some circuit like some circuitry um uh safety mode and you had to go into the diagnostic mode um it, it, to say don't worry i've had a look and it's fine please reboot but it's such a faff. But in the in the process, I have learned that my TV has a, an optical digital 
output. And so you're thought, now using that to transfer audio from one to the... I did a test for about two minutes with an episode of Friends just before coming Beautiful. in here. And, and that was... And that was it. So that was very, very exciting. Um, later on in the show, we are going to talk about a few things. Um, we're going to one of the key things I think we're going to talk about is uh, is ticketing systems, as in how to buy tickets for for gigs and the likes. But been a bit of a faff around that with a few things, um, notably a Taylor Swift concert that uh, I heard was quite difficult to get tickets for. Um, but <laughs> something something happened this morning that was unplanned. Uh, it wasn't my discovery of, a, of, a, of, a, of an exciting new hole. It was um, my mum called me in. My mum's down here staying. And she called me in to say, have you heard from Pooh this morning? Now, that might sound like an odd request to make of your son. But uh, key to note here is that my mum calls my brother Pooh. Um, it dates back to when he was a child and we called him Pooh Bear. But he got older and apparently Pooh Bear was just a bit too demeaning for a 35 year old now <laughs> so it's, now it's only now. Pooh anyway I said uh, no I haven't why he said oh I've just had a text from a from a from a from a different a weird mobile number and it says hi mum I've lost my phone I've got a temporary oh. number uh, here it is can you just add me on whatsapp um, and I'll keep you posted about when I get the a old new phone or something yeah, and it was it was it was interesting because a lot of those sorts of messages that you see, they're they're quite badly written, and part of the reason they're badly written, so I'm led to believe, is that they don't want clever people or even yeah. people who can understand who could possibly p- spot it uh, to respond. They want people who could read something very obviously fake and still fall for it. But this was written quite well. Um, the grammar was 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 correct um they collect correctly used whatsapp's camel casing with a capital w capital a you know all that sort of thing they put mum uh, not mom which you would expect if it was like a global thing they might use the american term but they didn't they'd put mum uh, and that is what he calls our mum you know he doesn't call her motherkins or something else yeah. horrific uh, just mum um and uh, and i was glad she asked me because we collectively agreed this is not Andy. This is stupid, uh, and she knew that she was just running it by me. Um, but I thought um, it's, it would have been a really easy test to just reply and just ask literally any question that only the two of them would know, and it would instantly yeah. defeat a scammer. You know, and yeah. I just wondered if you've had any of these sorts of things come through. I've I never had have. exactly that message. Hold on, let me see if I can find it. Um, I, I think the wording was exactly the same. Really. Because I've heard these go. things are problematic and they're happening a lot, but I've not yet had one. We should compare the number. Uh, Hi, Mum. I've lost my phone, so I've had to get a temporary number. Can you text me on my new number? And then the number. Ah, did they mention WhatsApp? No. Well, the wording is identical, but they mentioned, add, please, can you add me on WhatsApp? Which was another clue, yeah. because although Andy does use WhatsApp, my mum uses WhatsApp... Uh, as a group we only we use signal and yes of course and i imagine in a convers a, a text like that they would have known please add me on add me at my new number and signal or equivalent also she te- yeah. it was a te- it was an sms and we don't use those so there were many clues just in the in the te- in the technology and terms used um so you've had one what did you just block yes. and delete well obviously not delete <laughs> 
Well, in fact, I don't. I didn't block and delete this one. Um, and usually I forward them to the spam service, which is... Uh, what's the number? It, it is... Uh, I've done it several times. It's 7726. So you forward the text to 7726 and then you uh, get a message back and they say, what's the phone number? Uh, and if you get a phone number, you can send it. You can send them that. Uh, and then they'll they'll do something. Well, we'll undelete that because the messages, I think, stay in your recently deleted for a while. So I'll get my mum to undelete that message from recently deleted and then we'll report it. But it's interesting that the wording's same, but but on, on this one, which presumably is a more recent one, uh, they opted to ask to add on WhatsApp and not regular SMS. So it's a bit of an evolution there. Yeah. But there was, um, there was someone did a Twitter thread about this a while ago, um, a, a whole uh, thread of uh, responses, like trying to find out what was going on. I don't know. If, I can't remember if it was, I think it was their mother and they had sort of fallen for it, but had gone through all the rigmarole and then, and then had not, uh, had sort of sniffed it out as a scam at the last minute, if you will. Um, so uh, then had involved her actual daughter and um and she was like a you know reasonably competent tech person and uh, and said all oh, right interesting and and so then tweeted about it uh probably easy to find if you, you were to hunt around do you think it might be a fun experiment to use a different phone and text them back and see how far you can get the conversation to go and tro- basically troll the trolls <laughs> yeah i mean might be yeah say hi i got it sorry hi yeah. it's mum just got your number but i also have lost my phone um i'm on my number so can we use this for a while and then see what would be fairly amusing i think i mean you're but you're it's gonna ultimately not be that satisfying unless you can somehow get them to transfer you five thousand pounds well which would be very entertaining i wouldn't try and get money out of them i mean i suppose i could but they would it would rouse their suspicions i just wonder how how long can you continue an inane conversation with a spammer for before they realize this probably is a probably quite a while do you reckon well they're probably dealing with thousands and thousands of them so there'll be some call center somewhere yeah. and you can go on youtube and watch like charlotte there's a, there's a, says in in live chat there yeah. are youtube videos of people trolling <clears> the trolls absolutely there's a, there's a couple of guys who are quite famous for doing it in fact there's that guy who do, have you ever seen the glitter bomb thing no well, there's a guy, I forgot, is it Mark Rober? I think it's I Mark know. Rober. He he b- basically builds these glitter bombs and then puts them outside his house as Amazon packages or like um, Apple headphones, so like AirPods or, or an AirPod, you know, the speaker um, and whatever it's called. What is it called? What's the <laughs> what's the Apple speaker thing called? HomePod. HomePod, thank you. Um, he puts a box outside his house and then waits for people to steal it. When they lift the lid... It fires out uh, glitter, um, has a fart sound and a fart spray, and um, then it sends all that information, including sort of video, back over uh, mobile network, and, uh, and then he posts them online. It's very entertaining. Anyway, he did one with this um, Indian scam outlet, and they they released like cockroaches into this call centre and stuff like that. Um, it has apparently since been raided by the police. I don't think I would. I don't think I'd. I'd feel pretty bad doing that to a cockroach. John says it's that a scam. That is an issue. He says it's a fake, rather. It was staged, the glitter bomb, apparently. Really? Yeah. However, um, oh, just going back to our main our main topic, um, 
well firstly charlotte says i don't understand how with all the tech we have now these are still a thing uh, i think the fact is is that they work sadly um and that's why they keep keep doing it but um well i won't say whose name whose name it is but um another person in chat says some relatives of mine nearly coughed up most of their bank account when someone pretended to be their daughter needing money oh lord it's i mean you can see how it would happen you don't have to if you're not technical yeah it it would be very easy to fall for that um yeah uh charlotte also mentions gnoming have you heard of gnoming no my dear go on (laughs) basically you can go on the dark web and order um, either a very large number of gnomes to be delivered to someone's and they'll put them in their either their house or their garden um, or you can do this thing I, I can't remember what it's called but basically you can put in a gnome and if they take the gnome out it's replaced by two gnomes and so on and this is called gnoming <laughs> yeah I mean, it's the thing is, thing. you have to assume that the person who's receiving them doesn't want a gnome because my mother-in-law bloody loves gnomes. Well, if sign her up for that then, she'll wake to a garden full of them. Well, it just seems like a that could, it's one of those things that can backfire by making somebody's day. It's like saying, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, oh, uh, now I can't think of a better example than gnomes. If you like gnomes and you wake up and your garden is full of gnomes, you're going to say, well, thanks very much. I wanted a thousand gnomes. <laughs> well, I mean, a thousand I didn't gnomes want... has a value. You could turn that round into a, a money laundering. But then you could sell the gnomes. I mean, yeah. I've seen the prices in garden centres and gnomes are not cheap, particularly the good ones. If they're smiling, well, that's, a lot of, that's a lot of money. And well, there are, you go, you say. I mean, this is what probably why the... the the dark web probably makes money because you see you don't hear about this that often do you 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 hear dark web and you think drug smuggling pedophiles um hitmen you don't think can i send a thousand gnomes to my mother-in-law and confuse <laughs> her but simultaneously make her day i mean yes do you that, get any choice over the type of gnome i would imagine it's all up for decisions you know if you want to particular kind yeah i'm deeply excited by this thank you for bringing right. this into my world well i'm gonna reply I don't to want the trolls gnomes. and then i'm gonna and then i'm gonna gnome you don't know me gnome someone else i don't think so um but um there was a another story that came up uh, this week because ofcom apparently is introducing or has introduced some new rules that mean phone providers in the uk have to do more to crack down on these fake numbers these spoofed calls um i saw an, uh, the number here i'm quoting who are we on ispreview.co.uk we refer to them a lot actually these days good good website uh, the move aims to tackle a problem that during the summer resulted in 4.8 million people being targeted by suspicious calls and texts um so nuisance calls this is the thing that's being tackled apparently ofcom says about 700,000 people in the uk have fallen into traps over the three months uh, uh, leading up to august this year alone so three quarters of a million people in three months it's a quarter of a million a month if you wish to do that um so yeah it's it's obviously not it's not it's not going away but ofcom's trying to do more about it but i mean i still haven't really come up with haven't really had many of these come in i hear about them all the time but i've never really had them nick in the live chat shared a link of a chap in 2020 who got fed up with a guy 
uh, dumping old car tires on his farm that uh, he managed mm. to catch the guy doing it on CCTV, put all the tires that he deposited into a massive tipper truck, found the guy's house and went and dumped them on his front garden, which is just such a beautiful piece of vigilante justice that harms nobody but sends a message um, that I can't help but um, admire it. So that's that's excellent. That's excellent. I'm glad. I, I mean, I I love those sort of revenge stories. That's some of my favorite thing that happened. They're very innocent. Um, well, one of the things that ISP Review says that if you can do is, is what Ian said earlier, that um, if you're in England uh, or Wales or Northern Ireland, I think, is, uh, you can text um, uh, text your spam number to 7726. And then uh, that goes to your mobile operator. Hopefully this is going to get better because Ofcom's told mobile phone companies they've got to do more. But in the meantime, that's a good place to send it, it seems, which is excellent. Yes. Um, now, Ian, unrelated yes. to gnoming, uh, can you do me a quick favour <clears throat> and yes, just send me your uh, your postcode? I've got something I'd like sure. to send you, and um, <laughs> and your house uh, number. That's all mm-hmm. I need. Yeah. If you can just drop d- me d- that um, in text, thanks. Also, how do you get on the dark? Uh, web I might these not. Days? Is that okay? <laughs> it's up to you it's up to you i've just um yeah yeah don't worry you 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 won't you won't guess you won't guess what i'm gonna do uh, by I the will. way Ian, do you like gnomes <laughs> morris yes tell me langson tell me please about ticketing systems why has this attracted you this week ah. Well, because uh, I was forced to laugh because Taylor Swift brought down Ticketmaster. Um, it was quite bad. I know a lot of people at work were very excited about getting Taylor Swift tickets. Now, look, it's no no secret, really, that I'm not Taylor Swift's number one fan. In fact, I'm probably not Taylor Swift's eight billionth fan. Um, but uh, <laughs> she is very popular. And so her upcoming 52-day concert run in America... Uh, sold out within minutes. Apparently, she sold something like 2.4 million tickets. Yeah, um, but she's very upset because apparently it was there was no open availability, so all of the tickets that she had available were sold on pre-sale, which I'm uh, led to believe was not supposed to be the case. There were a number of pre-sale things you could. There was a sort of um, an option where you could sign up to. Ticketmaster a couple of weeks in advance and get added to a list where you'd get uh, early access. And there was also a pre-sale with um, a major bank. Um, I can't remember which one. But it doesn't matter because I wouldn't want to name them anyway. Uh, and it all went completely disastrously from from what I can tell. Taylor Swift reported to be very angry. Um, I don't know why because I reckon that must have been worth about $200 million dollars in uh in extra personal wealth for taylor obviously less the costs of putting on a concert in several cities which i imagine would be probably a hundred million dollars anyway uh so yeah i so what could we do i think probably part of the problem is that the americans don't seem to have that rule that we have where you can't resell a ticket for more than face value well so i'm in I, I mean, apparently tickets were going on sale for twenty two thousand dollars or something on after the sale doesn't surprise me i mean i think is it in northern ireland or the republic of ireland like ticket touts is actually illegal 
I mean, yeah, it's, it's I, legal. The, it's legal here, but it. But I think touting is way more prevalent in the US than it is in the UK. Well, a lot of venues will demand that your ID is, matches the name on the ticket, right? Yeah. And Ticketmaster itself, when you buy a ticket in the UK, says, you know, if you want to sell these tickets, the only way to do it is through our resale service. Um, and so, you know, but and we all know Ticketmaster's awful, but there must be a way of preventing it. I mean, that would be a start, right? You know, not allowing resale, forcing people to have an ID to go to the, the, the you know the venue would be a really good way of stopping it. Obviously, well, it adds an administrative burden. Well, there is a difference to Ticketmaster these days because Ticketmaster uses this demand-based pricing oh, yes. system thing. And I and this is not some this has been around I think since only this summer or something, which is essentially where there aren't like pr- upfront prices are never are not promoted and the prices yeah increase based on how many people want to buy them the idea being that it stops touts uh they also say it's supposed to give more money to the singers and things but um a lot of fans myself included think well this is this ridiculous because some of these doesn't it just mean that everyone's going to end up paying six hundred dollars for taylor swift tickets well they can double yeah i mean some people are saying like the prices are double it's it's, that's really really unfair yeah and a lot of people don't don't like that, and it's a problem. Whereas a part of, part of the problem that happened with Ticketmaster was the, about oh demand. Like really, you didn't anticipate that one of the biggest, most successful, and popular and <laughs> yeah. artists in the world with one of the most rampant fan base would maybe all want to clamour to your site at the same moment. Like, do you not think maybe? You I could mean, have if, if it was ever going to be a problem, it was going to be a problem with Taylor Swift, wasn't it? I mean, she is probably one of the most in-demand artists yeah. in the world. So that was that was problematic. However, um, this was um, I, ha- I have to say, like, I was a little bit cynical of, of Taylor Swift recently, which, as you know, is not characteristic of me. Because well, I'm permanently cynical of her, that and that I would be happy to talk about at length. Well, send us some gnomes. Um, <laughs> I think that the um, her, on her recent album which I bought. In fact, I bought a physical copy and I wouldn't normally have done that these days because I tend not to buy physical copies of anything. I do make an exception for some of, some of my favourites and um, and Taylor is, is one of those. But I probably wouldn't have done this time. The reason I did is because I was told um, that people who buy, who pre-order a copy of the album get access to the an upcoming pre-sale of tickets oh, for her okay. next UK tour. Now, to me, knowing that this kind of popularity happens i thought well that's not a bad idea if i get the ticket if i get the cd then i know that i'm going to be a bet in better in line to buy something uh buy a ticket afterwards i realized was this a way to get fans better access to tickets or was it a way to manipulate chart placement because <laughs> let's be honest most of the people who buy a copy of the CD, maybe fewer with vinyl, but with the CD, are not going to put the CD in their CD player. They'll probably read the book. Probably not. They probably don't have a CD player. Exactly. They're going to listen to it on stream, which is exactly what I did. So yeah. technically, that's two sales from me because I streamed it and I bought the physical copy. And then I felt a bit like a mug. Um, but I'm yet well, to... Because this tour hasn't been announced... CD of it. I mean, that's good. You do like Taylor Swift, so supporting her is probably not a bad thing. I do, and I own three different copies of her first album. Um, but the one that she did, 
legit that, that first one that she did and then the version that she did when she decided she didn't like how capitalism worked anymore oh, that well no in that case four versions <laughs> but she hasn't re-recorded right. that one yet um oh, okay but anyway the thing is my what i liked about that is that it although you if i'm really cynical i think what a fantastic way to exploit your fans um to say hey if well, you there's buy, no better than taylor if you buy the cd then you'll get access to this thing that you also want and by doing so it it manipulates our chart position or actually if i'm less cynical and this works and i'm yet to find out if this works is that actually quite a good way of working with a record label to say we can help with music sales in this industry by saying if you want to come to a gig you're buying the cd or let's say any piece of merchandise you're buying something to support the sale of the album but in doing so you're also going to be guaranteed um day of release of tickets without being scalped because long term that could be a very good model i think well it could and also it could maybe guarantee ticket prices so for example if you were to uh buy the album it could it could be that you'd get tickets for a a certain price so you wouldn't have to worry about that algorithm outpricing you um i i wonder if if this whole thing might actually be solved somewhat by um uh low technology so rather than putting tickets for sale online put them for sale at the box office and so people have to go and you know and they can queue up if they want at least then they'd know that they were going to get tickets because you could you know stop the line when there were enough people there um one other thing to do is taylor could do more than 52 shows she could do a hundred shows and she would double the amount of available seats well they do thought they do do that sometimes they do play well she's doing she's doing one two or three shows at every in every venue so i guess depending on perceived demand or well can i just can i just can i just point out a big part of this tour is that she's got a very large back catalogue and uh, spans quite a lot of different genres because she went from being country to pop to whatever it's classed as now um and desiree quality pop songs (laughs) i used to like being your friend it's so bad that song is so bad and different play, different different set list on different nights it's quite a nice idea oh really yeah now metallica did this and i went to see when i saw metallica they actually let people vote for songs from their back catalog that they wanted them to play and the songs with the with the most votes that weren't already in the set list were added on on for, for each for each night and i thought that was quite a nice thing to do as well when you've got a very large back catalog it's very difficult in the space of let's say a two-hour set to please the long-time fans as much as the brand new fans and unlike i mean metallica have generally stuck within the genre to a certain extent if we ignore load and reload um you you know with with a pop act that it, it it differs widely so how do you how do you appeal to that? This is a way of doing it. It's quite a good idea. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, uh, there's a lot of uh, important things, uh, you know, to keep fans happy. I guess um, I would. I, I thought it would be funny to get Taylor Swift tickets just to go and see Heim, but then I realised that you'd be, it'd be a really big sum of money to go and see a, a band that you could just go and see anyway. Mm. Um, so uh, yeah. Well, the other thing is subscriptions this doesn't work as well for big acts but i have seen it work with bands that do things on patreon 
And it's essentially you're subscribing to the band. You get access to behind the scenes stuff. It's a fan club, essentially. Um, but it but it leans off the subscription model that people love so much to sell and buy these days that, you know, if you have a subscription to a, a fan club membership and you just know that you're going to get um, early access to tickets or rather guaranteed face value prices of tickets for some of these some of these acts it's worth buying once like buying a rail card sometimes you buy the rail card and you've you've made your money back in about two days i think that you know there'll be tons of people and there's some nice recurring revenue for you just take the software as a service model and apply it to pop music bob's your uncle it's a it's the best way to compare taylor swift to germany's mega giant sap who's ever (laughs) talked about those in the same sentence before (laughs) i don't know I, i i really don't know no one presumably um but it does i do want i do want to fix it because it, anyone who's ever bought tickets um for, you know like i've i've done it with ticketmaster and it is a matter of having three laptops open um seeing which credit cards you've got might have special early access to tickets that kind of thing and it's it's painful and it shouldn't really be like that it, it, you know it should be possible for people to get legitimate tickets i mean i really despise scalpers it, it is one thing i cannot abide in any industry you know it ruined game consoles it ruined gpus um and it's just nonsense and it's and it's preventable because you cannot tell me that there are not technological solutions that can stop it there just must be there definitely are but they're sometimes not as effective as they would like at least that's the evidence so far the thing i really object to is being charged two pounds to print my own ticket (laughs) if i'm having to print my ticket you owe me because i've had to get the tick the printer out the cupboard I've had to buy some new ink because printer ink never lasts more than about two weeks unless you're printing something every day. And who does that? Um, and yet I'm being charged two pounds for the privilege. No, thanks. I'll stay at home. There we go. Well, if Fair you have enough. any views on how ticketing should work for, for concerts. Or how bad that new Taylor Swift song is. If you want to talk about that, tell Ian. Tell someone <laughs> Tell someone's who who gives a gnome. <laughs> Honestly, mate, you've doubled the number of gnomes I'm sending to your house. I just want to quickly thank patrons for supporting us directly, uh, such as everyone who is listening to us live right now. And thank you, uh, who we've got, Charlotte and John, Luna, Kate, Mike, Nick, Rich. I'm sure, I'm sure I saw other people here earlier, but we are recording at an odd time today on a Sunday. Um, if you would like to get our unedited version of the show every week in the archive, listen live. Today we had a great discussion about uh, Guess That Hole, uh, which is a, a riveting tale, let me tell you. Um, you can find all that, plus Extra Message, which Ian did a bang-up job of this week talking about. Oh, thanks com- very much, mate. That's CompuServe and more. I thought it was great. It's really interesting. Um, CompuServe irc and memories thereof it was uh, it was really very good uh, if you want to grab that right now as well as the entire back catalog do go to patreon.com forward slash uk tech Stephen sent us a lovely email this week and it's always a pleasure when people address 
uh, their feedback specifically to you because often they sometimes only address it to me and I feel guilty because we are co-hosts. But uh, Stephen says, Hey Ian, I was just listening to the podcast and the part about the Chris Rock live event on Netflix. I was wondering if this could be a test or demonstration in order to allow Netflix to bid on broadcast rights for some sporting events as Amazon and Apple have done, as well as live gaming. I was also thinking about the reinvention, uh, reinventing the television aspect, an algorithm that acts like a program manager picking shows for you, or a celebrity-curated playlist. It then occurred to me that they could also accomplish this by offering celebrity streaming accounts, kind of like a public share um, or play amp. I'm not quite sure what that is, but I'm sure you'll decipher it, Ian. Um, where it would give you the option to follow your celebrity of choice. You can watch whatever they are watching. That way you'll have a group of people watching a show or film more or less together and talking about it. Then you get all the gaming and social engineering aspect to that, which could be fun. Maybe on a Netflix Mastodon server. Anyway, just in case. Thanks for the show, Stephen. Thank you for the email, Stephen. Nate. I think that's actually a pretty good idea there. Because it's quite common. So um, people who are in TV shows will often have like an impromptu viewing party. So they'll go, oh, we're going to watch episode one at eight o'clock tonight uh, and do it. But obviously that requires that everyone gets together and, um, you know, like watch, presses play at the same time or whatever, um, which is, you know, a nice idea. But, you know, there is such a technology as sort of play together. You know, Amazon has that button you can press where you can start a watch party. HD DVD Um, had it back in the day. Oh, yeah, brilliant. Um, God, I, might, I need to fire my HD DVD player back up again and just enjoy the joys of it. Um, and so, you know, so there is some, there is a, a potentially nice idea there. You know, uh, they could get stars in, you know, watch it together, uh, have a post-show discussion about it maybe with, uh, you know, reading the best tweets or, you know, when Twitter dies, Facebook messages. I don't know. Uh, so I like that idea. Um, and yes, in terms of gearing us up for uh, maybe some sport or something like that, yeah, I could totally see it. I could totally see Netflix making a play for F1, given the success of Drive to Survive. Um, that that could absolutely be a thing if they f- felt rich enough. Um, you know, it'd be very expensive and getting it for a global audience would be next to impossible, I would think. But it's a, not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. Thank you very much, Stephen, for for that. Um, Any other emails or feedback about the show or anything you'd like us to talk about, of course, um, do send them to us, hello at uktechshow.com. Other people that have been in touch with us this week include Tom Merritt, who's going to tell us about all the stuff that we haven't talked about on the show this week, but they have on DTNS. This week on Daily Tech News Show, Trisha Hershberger has the perfect gift for the gamer in your life. I mean, that sounds trite, but she really does. Shannon Morris gives us the scoop on MediaTek's bid to steal chip market share away from Snapdragon. Speaking of chips, I'll tell you why I think the chip industry may have just hit bottom. We talk about one man's quest to make an unhackable voting machine. And Patrick Norton has great gift ideas for home theater geeks. He really does. All that and much more at DailyTechNewsShow.com. Now, funnily enough, I haven't yes. listened to their Thro- Friday's episode, you, which is well, where... Well, there you go. You should. So I'm behind by one by one show because I was... Um, I, I, I was busy. So interesting. I will check that out. And I wonder if Let he says... Let Patrick Norton help. Um, yes. Well, that's, uh, have, you, have you considered going for a full Atmos audio setup? No, I'm perfectly fine with stereo. Perfectly fine. Luddite. I'd love surround sound, but it sounds like an absolute pain in the ass. 
and I don't need that many speakers dotted around. Have you seen how many <laughs> snail objects I've got around the house? No well, room for any more speakers. Mm. No room. There are those very, very expensive speakers you can get that look like sort of like snails. Hold on, what are they? Are they the, uh, I don't want any. Snail. I just... I, I, John in our live chat says, get a stereo home pod. I did have one, um, but I split it up and I left one behind the TV and I've got one in here in the office because I had the, the hi-fi. The B&W Nautilus loudspeakers. Oh, the Nautilus. Um, they are 32999 on this eBay yeah. auction. And do you know what? I, <laughs> I, I have heard a pair of those in person, and they are phenomenal. The problem is... And, and they look just like a snail. They do, Well, they look like a Nautilus, which is like a... I think... I think a it, shell. Yeah, I mean they've been, they basically unchanged for hundreds of millions of years. They're fascinating creatures, um, and uh, and and the and the Nautilus speaker is is delightful. It's just it's that law of diminishing returns. And once you go over twenty thousand pounds for a pair of speakers, you're just not going to get the return on investment. Brand new, they're fifty seven thousand seven hundred and fifty pounds. Yeah, you can you see you can get someone killed for that. <laughs> but you wouldn't want to get anyone killed but you would like to have a pair of nautilus speakers yeah i'd rather that to a garden full of gnomes put it that way yeah don't yeah. spend your money sending me gnomes please mm. we'll get see. the nautilus i don't know for 60 grand mm. well if you'd like to fill my garden with um nautilus speakers or <laughs> nautili uh, uh, well don't because it's a horrendous waste of time and money uh, but if you'd like to send us a message do please send it to us hello at uktechshow.com we'd love your reviews we'd love your reviews very much so on Apple Podcasts and Spotify just give us a, a star rating ideally the maximum number of stars permitted um, that would be great and uh, tell your friends because we're, we've plateaued over the last few months in terms of new listenership and it would be fantastic to um, well to not and to go up again so please help us out um it would be rather lovely of you and much more appreciated than any gnomes ian would you like to say anything before um this 10 second fade out finishes yeah it wouldn't be nautili because it's a greek word and it's uh, derived from the type of octopus even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.